Hello everyone, welcome back to our today's episode of um InsurTech Business Series. Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Thank you for asking. Are you? Well, I've been fine. We still have work to do, but overall I'm good. And thank God now that they are they've uplifted some of the ban and people are able to commute as they used yeah. to. Except this time with caution. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, things are really getting back to normal. It's almost like right in Lagos, it's almost like we never had there's no corona. <laughs> And that, that was the reason why I had to put the caveat <laughs> like caution so that it doesn't seem like the, the fact that the ban is off does not mean that there's still no coronavirus. So it's just important for us to, you know, like we owe ourselves that duty yeah, of care. Yeah, yeah. And this is our 10th episode. Wow. <sighs> Amazing. Exactly. Um, but this one is actually quite, um, you know, unique because this is um, a female coming on to our podcast. Yeah. We've been having several interactions with male and like this is just a twist to it. Like, so it doesn't seem like the entire industry is filled with these guys. I'm happy about this. I'm really excited. <laughs> I mean, I'm a female. <laughs> so it's, you know, interesting to actually have these conversations with people who are female that have been in the industry long enough, you know, to give us their own perspective, their views from a feminine point of view. I don't know if that's correct, but yeah, that's um, that's my own yeah. excitement. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, listening to Mrs. Abimbola Nakomaya, who is uh, the MD of Big Thrust Insurance Brokers Limited, and she doubles as well as the Vice President of the Professional Insurance Ladies Association, Pillar. So uh, it's going to be interesting to hear what Pillar has been up to, and and for her as well to hear how business has been as a, as an insurance broker. She's, I mean, she's the first uh, insurance broker that we're going to be speaking with. So it's going to be interesting to hear from her point of view uh, how they have adjusted to the um, lockdown and the pandemic and how that has really affected business and, you know, really what, what should we be expecting to see from, from Pillar in coming coming months here. Mm. I mean, it's important because I, I really, if I'm in the industry, I really want to know what Pillar has to offer to yeah. A female like me with an all female group, like what exactly? Why would I be interested in joining the association? But it's a good one. Yes. Um, so we'll be having out on the program right after the break. Stay tuned. Welcome, ma. How are you? My name is Bimbo Onakumaya. Nice to meet you. Welcome to our podcast. It's um, uh, an honor to be here. 
Thank you for having me. Great, great. Uh, we're looking forward to a very interesting conversation. And so, um, so to start off, uh, for people that are getting to hear uh, this name for the first time, uh, uh, so who is Abimbala Nokomaya? Well, um, first and foremost, I'm female. I'm okay. <laughs> my voice. Okay, Abimbala uh, Nokomaya. A female Christian born um, 60 years ago. And um, I, I'm a chartered insurance professional working currently with um, Big Thrust Insurance Brokers uh, Limited as the uh, managing director CEO. That's the short brief about myself. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> something else that you want to hear. Uh, that's, that's a perfect, perfect one. And, <laughs> and one thing that just jumps to my mind is the number that you mentioned 60 how does it feel to be as young yes. as 60 <laughs> I, it doesn't even feel it doesn't even feel any different it just <laughs> makes me look at things and decide that oh now that i'm 60 i definitely have to take some specific decisions about going slowly mm. because if you're not careful if you're not careful, you just keep on at it. Since mm. there's basically no difference in your physique, mm. no difference okay. in your outlook, mm. so you just keep at it. Mm. So it's like I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to strategize and okay. make sure that I go much slowly. Mm. As other things, yeah, that's the only thing I think. And it's going to have to be a very, very conscious decision. Uh, so I don't really feel any difference. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask since you, I mean, you celebrated your 60 years, um, which congratulations. I think congratulations is like the best, <laughs> the best way to do yeah. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I was going to ask, like, what exactly you would advise, um, you know, some of us that upcoming, up, up, I mean, aside from life in the industry and all of that, like, what exactly would you advise some of of us that was was still dragging our luggages from behind. <laughs> um, it's a it's a very serious issue actually because for all you know, one day leads to one week leads to one month leads to one year, and before mm. you say Jack Robinson, you're mm. sixty. So I think that it is important that you actually strategize. Mm. I mean, God granting grace, God granting life, Mm -hmm. you have to have some specific goals that you want to achieve. Now, even if you don't eventually achieve exactly what you had in mind to do, you wouldn't be too far from it. It's completely different from if you're drifting. Mm. You know, if you're drifting, there's a time to drift in life. For example, um, you were born to a certain set of parents. They sent you to this primary school and mm. there to this secondary school. Mm. But by the time you start getting to university level, no more drifting. Have mm. some strategic things in mind that you want to do, you want to achieve, and go for it. Mm. Because the time just comes and just passes. If I look back and I thought, uh uh-uh, you mean that if I didn't do X, Y, Z at so and so time, mm-hmm. I'll be 60 now, mm-hmm. probably selling, selling Gary or something of that nature if I decided, okay, I don't want to go to school. Mm-hmm. I'll still have a skill. And I'm not condemning those that are selling Gary because we cannot do without them. Mm-hmm. But the fact remains that it has to be something, not that will just drop into your lap. It has mm-hmm. to be something that you specifically go out of your way. To mm. achieve, that's mm. what I just want to say. Yeah. In that light, can you 
because I mean, uh, on this podcast, we talk to insurance professionals, right? And one of the reasons why we decided to speak with you is because you you are a, uh, a professional in the industry. Can you please like so just tell us about you know your journey in the industry, you know where you where you started and and you know, what you are involved in at the moment. Um, Journey-wise, I actually started my insurance career in the UK okay. uh, because I went over there to have, you know, to do my master's and immediately I finished my master's, you know, um, I just started working with an insurance company. Yeah. I didn't have to come. I had already done my youth call in Nigeria mm. before I left. So that wasn't a major issue for me. So I just joined an insurance company. It was a life insurance company at that point in time. Um, it called Hill Samuels Life and Investment Services. And it was a subsidiary of a merchant bank called uh, Noble Lounge Merchant Bank. So that's how I started. And I I started as an associate. Um, we did. We were not paid salaries. We were paid, you know, your commission or professional fees, whichever one you want to call it, based on the number of um, policies that we sold. Mm. So we did. We we joined the company. We would do some training. They'll teach us the, you know, the terms and conditions of the particular policy. They'll also highlight which policy it is that they want for you to really focus on. And um, the one that we I started with was called at that time. I'm talking now of 1982, but you know, it was called flexible. It was a flexible life assurance policy, and. Basically, the way we were taught was to ensure that we focus on the need of the client. So if you go into, you know, a a client's office or a potential client's house, Mm. you were supposed to put your ear, you were supposed to put on your listening, your listening ears, an extra ear to listen. What is the person saying? And what do you think the person is really saying? So with that, we were tuned into providing a need, satisfying a need, rather than selling the insurance policy that we had in hand. So while you actually probably went there because the person owned the vehicle and your intention was to probably sell something to the, you know, to the family for, for insurance. And the fact remains that the moment the person talks about the child, you just key in mm. that, oh, this person has a child. It means in one year's time, in three years' time, in five years' time, in 10 years' time, the needs for children's endowments. And so you begin to skew, you begin to skew your conversation in, in line with what you believe the person needs. And that way, your sales came easier than if you were trying to sell the policy that was in your hand. So that was actually how I started, you know, uh, selling insurance. And of course, because I was, uh, well, I'm still female, but at that time, I was black, I was female, black, female, and um, the insurance companies also had a lot of stiff competition with the... um, banks and building societies so it was not an easy it was not an easy ride at all and if you uh, bear in mind the fact that if you don't make a commission 
you ain't gonna eat nothing. Mm. So you had no choice but to go for it. Yeah. So that was what, because um, my husband at the time was, you know, reading for his um, PhD. So I was the one who was working. And so we were basically more or less managing on whatever it is that I was making. So you can imagine the drive. Mm. There was no way I was going to come back to the house without making, selling. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so basically that was how I started. And then of course, when, when we left, um, when we left um, Wales and then came back to Nigeria, I now joined the National Insurance Commission, which was the insurance company to be in at the time. I stayed there for 10 years you know, and I specialized in, you know, marine um, special risks, oil and energy, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, reinsurance. So I stayed there for 10 years before I moved to um, Anderson Consulting mm-hmm. called Accenture, you know, later on and all that. Uh-huh. And then I now moved to um, Unique Insurance PLC. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unique insurance PLC being a being a private insurance company. Immediately after I left Unique, I set up Trust Insurance Brokers Limited, and that was two thousand and three. And I'm still the CEO till date. Oh wow! Judging by these experiences you've had over there, um, do you think that there is a huge difference in? Our practice of insurance in Nigeria and um, the one in the UK. I mean, judging by the fact that um, we have some of these um, rating differences, pricing, you know, I, I couldn't help but help but um, um, put at the back of my mind the fact that you mentioned that you had to listen to the customer's needs before, you know, providing them with a solution. I, I, I still struggle with the fact that insurance in Nigeria has to do with, um, well, I have a product and I probably might just impose this on my customer because I feel that this is what they might need, not necessarily what they claim to need. So was there any, um, like any, was there any difference at that time? Um, It's not as if even now it's distinctly different, but the issue that is on ground is this. There is no aspect of life that insurance is not important mm. in. There is no aspect of life. Whether you want to go and have a baby, insurance is important. Whether you are sick, insurance is important. Whether you want to go to school, insurance is important. There is no aspect of life at all. So there isn't, there shouldn't be any difficulty. Let me put it that way. There should not be any difficulty in trying to get the particular insurance product to fit the particular client. There shouldn't be a problem. What a what an individual needs today is not necessarily what that individual is going to need in five years' time. Mm. The issue that is on ground is this. Go and face your core competence. Mm. Let us give you let us give you peace of mind. Mm. So if your core competence is to put it again, selling Gary. You go and focus on that Gary you are selling. And let me, as an insurance professional, provide you with the peace of mind that you require to be able to sell your Gary effectively. Mm-hmm. How do you sell it? From the beginning to the end of the sale of Gary, it includes planting of the cassava. So, a Greek insurance comes into place. 
it includes transportation, going to the farm back and forth. So uh, uh, goods in transit will come into place. If you are the owner of your vehicle, it will include motor vehicle insurance, even if it is third party, to at least ensure that anything that happens, your, your, your third party is um, covered. Then it includes also a projection for the sales of your of your cassava, transporting, making it into gari, and then getting it out to the market. Every single aspect of anybody's life needs insurance. So we should not actually be finding it difficult to sell. There is a distinct difference between us not having a solution and trying to coin a solution. We already have the solution. The solution is already on ground. The issue is put the ground peg you know, to fit the round hole. But if somebody needs A, then you are now trying to sell the person B. That is where the challenge comes. Mm. So mm. I don't really I don't really see the problem that we have at all. You know, even the rating structure. Yes, we actually um we actually will I say invite some of the rating the ratings from the from the UK markets. But even the UK market is very, very um, flexible. The most important thing is that the rates which you are going to apply to any of the insurances that you're trying to provide should fit the pre- the, 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 the risk that is being born. Mm. And, and there's nothing cast in concrete. The rates can be malleable and also profitable for the insurance companies. So mm. the issue that I see in the Nigerian market is more an issue of the awareness of insurance and the and the way and manner in, in which you should not even be thinking of doing without insurance. It should not be it should not be a product that should be on the back burner. It's not until the um, high rise, you know, catches fire at Tinumbu Square, mm. then then everybody will start saying hey, it was there insurance. No, it should not even be a secondary issue. It should be on the front burner. Mm. You see, so I'm thinking to myself that we have quite a bit of work to do. I mm. can assure you of that. But a lot of our insurance um, organizations and insurance statutory organizations have re- have really, you know, they are rising up the, to the task between the NIA, which is the National Insurance Association, and the Nigerian Council of Registered Insurance Brokers, to the Pillar, which is the Professional Insurance Leads Association, to Ireland, which is insurance uh, the Lost Posters Association. Every single person is now, you know, in, and then, then the of course the uh, underwriters themselves, and then the reinsurance. Everybody is now very very conscious of the fact that. You know, insurance is a necessity mm. and we're really doing our best, the little we can in each of these various um, bodies to, to make the Nigerian public aware of yeah. the need. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for that. And I mean, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good way to link up to our next um, question. You know, when you talk about all of the uh, statutory bodies and stakeholders in the industry and um, I know that you are... <laughs> Part of the new leadership for Pillar, uh, Pillar being the professional uh, insurance ladies of uh, association in Nigeria, and <clears throat> can you um, tell us a, a bit about uh, what Pillar uh, looks to achieve? You know, you know, going forward, especially with your own uh, administration. 
Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsurTech Business Series and stay updated. Uh, okay, first and foremost, you know, as you said earlier, Pillai is, um, is the Professional Insurance Ladies Association and is the foremost female uh, professional body in Nigeria. Yeah. Um, it's a subsidiary, so to speak, of um, the Chartered Insurance Institute of Nigeria. And But its members are all female. Mm. We don't have any male. Uh-huh. We're all female. And uh, we're all female professionals. In other words, you have to be either already a chartered insurance, um, a chartered insurer. In other words, you have your associate of chartered insurance institute of Nigeria, or you have your associate of the chartered insurance institute done, or mm. you are a fellow, you know, any of those two bodies, as the case may be. Now, basically, the the, the idea is to ensure that the professional women have a body with which they can relate, within which they can network, they can also train, and then, of course, there's mentoring. The idea is to be able to stand our ground and be reckoned with amongst all the other uh, female uh, professions or all the other professions where there are female. There's hardly any profession where there are no females, but when you talk of professionalism, like Mm. probably with the lawyers, with the accountants mm. and you know like that we also are a professional insurance body where we can actually stand our ground as far as our profession is concerned and also be able to contribute our own quota to the development of um, the economy of Nigeria because of the fact that like I mentioned earlier insurance you know runs across the whole gamut of any human being's life and also any country's existence. As female insurers, we also should be able to make our own major contribution in highlighting the need of the insuring public as far as insurance is concerned and and therefore contributing our own uh, parts to the gross domestic product of our country, you know? Because if people don't realize that a professional lady, a professional insurance lady has something to contribute, then obviously we won't have done our work. This new administration, for example, has actually taken the bull by the horns. You know, I'm just the vice president. I have, a, you know, a, an exco under the leadership of a president, exco being executive committee under the leadership of a president. Our membership is roughly 500 strong as it is. And of course, we're pushing, you know, for more members to be active, you know. So, but the main thrust of the Professional Insurance Ladies Association for this particular, for this particular uh, period, as we just assumed office, we want the, the theme that we're riding on is uh, mission to movement. We understand what our mission what our mission is. We have our mission, we have our vision as a professional insurance organization, but we want to make much more direct impact. We want even the uh, governments, the female especially 
skewed statutory bodies to recognize the fact that we are not we just didn't go to school to read we have some degree of relevance in, in the in the economy also mm-hmm. well so recently we saw that uh, there's a you had a partnership with the ministry of women affairs in lagos on the fight against um against rape and you had a walk recently uh, and and so how does the organization plan to you know address some of this issue what other areas are you looking at in terms of you know helping to raise awareness exactly again about you know uh, rape and, and and things like that well we've only just we have only just started um the, the this particular exco has not even spent three months but you know the reason why we decided that okay let us commence with with this issue of rape is that it begins to sound as if there can be an excuse for a bad thing mm. if something is bad it does not have two names is bad even today today if you go and check the newspapers an 80 year old woman was raped and it came out in the newspapers today excuse me please what is anybody looking for with an 80 year old woman some people will say oh it is the way the woman dressed okay let us assume that some women dress provocatively did they send you a letter if you how about a 2 year old baby how about a 6 month old baby mm. how what kind of accusation are you going to give that one mm. what kind of accusation if you say some women dress provocatively okay what happens to the issue of a 2 year old child that is female what happens to the issue of an 80 year old 85 year old person that is female you can't just continue to give excuses for the way a man and which is this this person dressed or the way the, when the person dressed the, the person writes you letter and say please come come and look at my dressing they take advantage of their perception and the perception that they have is that a a, a female is a weaker vessel if somebody is weak let us even assume that is true mm. weakness should provoke protection not abuse. Mm. First of all, it's not even we have strengths without which the male counterparts cannot even function effectively. But apart from that, even if it is a, an issue of weakness, weakness should provoke protection and not abuse. And I think it's a no no. it is an absolute no no that you think that the next thing that happens since sliced bread was invented is for you to commence raping people just because you think that they are weaker than yourselves mm. most of these men that are involved in this thing they have mothers they have sisters they have you know female nephew nieces and things and when somebody even leaves their child with you the next thing that you're thinking of is how to take advantage of that child negatively a lot of this rape that takes place is between people people that they know 
there are no strangers, either uncles or cousins or, you know, just taking advantage. And I think that the law is, um, to my own, this is my personal opinion now, that the law is a little bit too lenient. If you teach one or two people a lesson that they'll never forget, other people will sit up. The victims must, there must be sympathy for the victims. The law has to come down hard on it. That is on one side. Apart from rape, there's, there are other kinds of abuse. Other types of abuse that because some women don't want their homes to break and stuff like that, they'll hide a lot of things under the carpet. But if they knew that, if they had an avenue of redress, a lot more people will come out. A lot more female will come out. Any form of violence, whether it is against even the female or even the male, should not be condoned. This is a country that has leadership that is highly exposed, highly knowledgeable, mm. and there is nothing new under the sun. The leadership of this country, Nigeria, is a very strong leadership. What we're asking is that God will grant them the grace to be able to effectively clamp down on any form of abuse. And Pillar as a body, we are ready to team up with any female organization. For now, yes, we are working closely with the Honorable Commissioner for uh, Poverty Alleviation you know, and she has been ex- honorable. Honorable Bada has been extremely helpful in championing this course. She has been very, very helpful, and we are also very, very grateful. Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health, where we're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways, microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. Recently, even social media has been, you know, causing an opera in ensuring that um, rape victims are actually vindicated and they are, I mean, punishment for all of the other perpetrators are, you know, um, they are heavy, as you've rightly mentioned. But um, again, for organizations now, I'm going to bring it inward. Would this extend to sexual harassment as well? I mean, um, where it comes to um, a particular boss trying as much as possible to sexually harass a subordinate or vice versa, be it a male or a female. But I'm more interested in um, the female aspect of it because we're talking about, you know, um, pillar here. So what exactly do you think... um, this would extend to I think for every organization every company should have their rules and regulations that be monitored strictly by the human resources department of that organization and what has the organization been set up for if you have a lot of digression and people not being not being comfortable within the office setup invariably you are going to get the worst of it because there will be a lack of concentration and there will be lack of proper contribution of the person's time and energy towards the original reason why that person was employed. 
you cannot be doing your work as a female and use part of your concentration to keep warding off all kinds of harassment. There are only two sets of people that I'm aware that God created, male and female. And he created the both of them to coexist. So in the coexistence, part of the coexistence is in the home, another part of the coexistence is in the office. So when you're going to work, you are going to work to go to go and you know contribute your own quota and earn a meaningful salary. Your purpose of going to work is not to go there and go and start fending off all kind of advances. So the human resources department of every organization should be extremely conscious of the fact that this issue of sexual harassment actually does exist and put in checks and balances. You can even have a whistleblower policy within the organization. In other words, if somebody comes to report such and such a thing has taken place, there shouldn't be punishment for the person that has come to report. So far, that person has the ability to prove it so that they will not be telling lies on people. You know, like if you are not doing your work well and your boss is trying to, you know, um, correct you, then the next thing you start saying is that it's sexual harassment. No. There should be checks and balances. If you have not done your work well, you get a verb, you get a verbal warning. After your verbal warning, another verbal warning, then another verbal warning, then a written warning. So by the time the person begins to collate such information, you will now know that it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with um, sexual harassment. But in a situation where there is no warning, and then the time for promotion and appraisal comes, and then there's victimization. There, there will be room for someone to be able to say, oh, uh, it's, it's because he doesn't like me. It's because he's made advances and I have not uh, played ball, you know? So the human resources department of every organization to put in place, you know, policies to ensure that there is absolutely no victimization of anybody, whether the person is a female human being or a male human being. That is the work of the human resources department. And with the whistleblower policies that are being in you know, instituted in many organizations now, we find out that it is very much, much easier for sexual harassment to be made in the board. From your own perspective now, for example, I, I listened to your conversation with my friend uh, Dushima on a podcast, and you mentioned, I remember you mentioned that um, when the pandemic, uh, the lockdown started and all, one thing that, that stuck out for me was that you were able to keep uh, renewals and engagement with your customers up and 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 uh, consistent. How were you able uh, to do that? And what kind of reality does that spell out for you as a broker going forward? Well, in the first instance, um, this COVID thing, let me just say that it crept up on everybody. Nobody like prepared for it. Mm. But because ordinarily, whenever you have to uh, renew your policies, you're supposed to give your clients um, enough notice. Mm. Some of the insurances, sometimes one month's notice, sometimes one and a half to two months' notice. So, obviously, anybody, I mean, the pandemic thing, the, sh- the lockdown thing started around March. So unless that insurance, unless that client was not intending to pay the premiums before, 
if the person was intending to pay the premiums, if something takes commences in March, by April, the premium should, should, should let me emphasize, should have been, you know, almost ready to be paid anyway. Mm. So what we did was to just ensure we have a normal schedule of transactions with which we used to report all our transactions to our supervisor, that is to the National Insurance Commission. Yeah. So basically what we do is just do our normal renewal notices, but because we couldn't now visit, there right. was, I mean, the, 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 the fallout was on the data. In other words, there was much more in terms of phone calls, in mm. terms of, you know, um, sending WhatsApp messages, sending text messages and all that. You know, so the, the, that was what chopped a lot of the money this time around. You didn't, but the money you saved on petrol and moving up and down on the streets of Lagos or Ibadan, wherever your offices are, you, you, you know, uh, we used quite a bit of it on, on data. But the idea was to just ensure that you kept on, you know, getting involved with your with your uh, clients, asking for their safety in the primary anyway, because, you know, that thing, that COVID thing is one kind. It is it's, it's a, it's a very... It's a very odd um, disease, you know. It's unlike the case of Ebola, it, it's very swift to catch on. So, attempting to even keep on, you know, with your clients, asking after their safety shows that you have you have some additional care for them, completely different from the insurance that they're doing with you and through you. Yeah. So, as far as I was concerned, as a matter of fact, funny enough, we even still had some new businesses. That's oh, very wow. funny, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was expecting that you know, staying at home, one would not, you know, get. But we did, we did have new businesses. You know, people that probably knew about you before and mm-hmm. they needed to do some things, marine yeah. insurance in particular. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did have new, we did have new businesses. Yeah, I mean, it's it's made us, you know, sit on our toes and keep calling the insurance company because you know we can't insure. We just we're just the intermediaries. Uh, yeah. Please, how far with our policy? And uh, how far is the how far with the rating? Okay, mm. so we now worked more in the sense that we, we didn't now close at five or six or seven times right. by eight. I'm still excuse me, yeah, you know that kind of thing. So there yeah. was much more work to do. Uh huh. But more data was uh, utilized, but we didn't lose any business by the uh, by the special grace of God. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now I'll be asking about Pillar. Um, I know that um, most of what we really wanted to find out about the, you know, professional body for ladies itself is to know, um, I mean, um, what exactly does, do, do you, would you advise the industry to do in order to attract you know, female customers, female clients? I, I know that the banks are doing something. They find the keep finding ways to um, attract the female customer. And um, insurance company outside Nigeria, they found a way to create products that would attract the female gender. So what do you think can be done in this space, in this insurance industry? And I mean, it would be very good if um, a body like Pillar can actually drive that because this would even create that, um, it would create a sense of belonging by, by other females both in the industry and outside. Yeah, basically, uh, even if we already started. We've already started. There, there are some insurance companies that have deliberately skewed some policies 
um, making it more favorable to the ladies. Um, Cornerstone Insurance, for example, they have a female a product. It's a motor vehicle product normally, but by virtue of the fact that they uh, they think that um, female are a little bit more careful when it comes to the issue of you know driving and being on the road, the rates which is applicable. Um, I think it's called a pink policy or something of that nature. The rate applicable for the female is um, is a softer rate than that applicable for others. I, I don't think that um, as far as pillar is concerned, we have not yet started looking at those kinds of female related skewed directly towards it. But one thing that we know is that as, as a professional organization, anything that's got to do with um, female only and children, you know, like our children's endowment policies are policies which, you know, we're looking to ensure that at least most families become conscious of the fact that um, if the breadwinner passes away, the children are not left, you know, to the whims and caprices of one uncle or one auntie somewhere. In the days when we were growing up, if anything happened to the father who was, you know, the breadwinner at the time, you know, your mother would probably go and sell her gold and sell her earring and things. But now, even if you want to sell gold, you may not get anybody to buy it. <laughs> it is the insurance company. Yeah, it's the insurance company that will, you know, uh, step in. So there are insurances that are skewed, especially towards the children, you know, where you can cash in the insurance policy maybe once every three years, five years. And because they're skewed towards the children, a lot of are female, you know, are encouraged to take on such policies. That way, the education of your uh, child, whether it's your girl child or your uh, you know, boy child, doesn't really matter. The education of your child is uh, not left, you know, just mm. at, you know, to the whim of anybody. Yes, that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect of it also is um, the fact that we're not encouraging, you know, child abuse of any nature, like child hawking, mm-hmm. you know, of any nature. Thank God now that, I mean, there's a positive aspect of COVID where a lot of the um, parents are being compelled to help in towards the education of the child physically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a positive aspect of COVID. Normally, you send them off to school. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, uh, you just participate with the school. On. But now, it also has encouraged a lot of bonding. And yeah. you are now able to see, you know, if one or two of the gaps in terms of your child's attention span. You know, whether your t- child has an attention defi- deficit, you yeah. are able to see all those kind of things. So as a professional organization, we are indeed encouraging our women to ensure that things are going to do with, because you educate, when you educate a, a female child, you are basically educating the nation, the future of the, of the country. You know, it's that, that's how important it is for us. Um, because we are the, I mean, the girl child is the future mother. Yeah. If the man even goes out to work, a lot of the, even the, even the work situation, how many, how many families exist now without having both male and female putting down something, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh-huh. so in terms of educating the girl child, 
is a major priority which we intend to happen you know as yeah. um, as a female organization mm-hmm. it's very important to us yes all right as regards talks around uh, digitization and the covid-19 uh, and the pandemic and the lockdown and and everything i mean you when you were speaking earlier you talked about how you know things really had to change for your business right at pictros mm-hmm. in terms of how you engage your customers and things like that So talks around digitization and this is something that we really struggle with currently in 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 our industry here in Nigeria. I wanted to hear your thoughts as regards maybe what you maybe your company is doing personally uh, or maybe if pillar what pillar wants to do in that regard in terms of maybe um upskilling members or really how the um the women in the industry can make more impact in that area. First and foremost, this new executive committee, this new ex-co-under our president, we have really taken the bull by the horns. Right. Immediately after our swearing in, one of the first things we did was to have a strategy session with a right. very strong strat- uh, uh, you know, a, a team of strategy people that uh, know their onions. And the issue of digital, uh, you know, insure tech is basically what I think you're trying to say you know and digitalization and everything you know the issue is you have to have something that you put in place to be able to reach out to many people mm. a lot of nigerians are not actually so as literate as you think i'm talking now of even an ability to speak english and communicate mm-hmm. it's not english is not our mother tongue yeah. and so if anybody cannot speak english nobody can look down on them but the ability to be able to reach out to make them aware of the fact that insurance is a necessity i'm going back to the original thing that i said when we started this discussion it is not well it's not in itself a female thing it is that insurance in itself is a necessity whether you are male whether you are female whether you are a, a corporate person or an individual and so many organizations many insurance organizations have commenced a lot of visibility strategies for their companies you know there's linkedin there's twitter all the social media is being utilized to ensure that your company continues to be it continues to really remain relevant in the scheme of things mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the insurance companies themselves have started a lot of visuals you know what people see a lot of people have phones even if they don't go to school they mm-hmm. have phones mm-hmm. and so when you do a lot um, when you do advertisements by telephone mm-hmm. on the social media on the whatsapp on um instagram people see these things people see these things the marketplace may not be so easy to go to but people are selling clothes online mm. they're selling shoes they're selling clothes online they're selling even ready made food online in as much as the restaurants are closed human beings are still eating Yeah. So what's happening there? Uh-huh. So you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel. The way a manner in which someone can stay in his in her house and prepare a very nice pot of soup 
or snails and, and you know capture it with the phone and then send it and broadcast it the same way insurance the companies have started doing a lot of them have gone digital a lot of them have said creating awareness concerning themselves concerning the various products so what has happened is that a lot of insurance companies have now put on their thinking caps how do they arrest the insuring public with their visuals and so many people are now using the whatsapp technique to reach out to people and then of course the webinars a lot of webinars are now taking place people can now you know uh, and the webinars are not expensive some of the webinars are just maybe 10,000 naira 5,000 naira some of them are even free just to ensure that there is people are hands-on concerning their knowledge capacity of insurance there are some things that are a little bit clumsy for example inspections you know so inspections of property are a little bit clumsy but once you put on your mask you put on your uh, social distancing uh, concept in your mind you put on your mask you put on your face shield we're still doing we we even at peak thrust we even still conducted some um, some inspections this this week we're at this okay. week that is just ending yeah mm. going fi- that is physically now because mm. when you want to insure somebody's property you want to be sure of what you are capturing yeah. and you also want to be sure of the kinds of um the kinds of safety measures that are in those in those compounds or in here maybe they've got uh, their fire extinguishers extinguishers in place whether they have proper um exits if there's a fire and is it there's a lift you cannot mm. take the lift you have to take you have to go out through another entrance yeah, yeah. so basically we, we still conduct those things but we are extremely careful <laughs> to obey all the social distancing rules and uh, mm. we haven't we haven't been any more suffer for the covid yeah all right that, that's that's amazing uh, so thank you thank you very very much you really um appreciate uh, your time we really enjoyed speaking with you and uh, we and that's that why you didn't that's why you didn't know that the time was well, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes all right, all right so it was really really amazing and um well done with the work you're doing uh, you yourself and your team uh are doing that piece and we are happy to to support um your initiatives around um you know around awareness on rape and so we really and other and other forms of violence no? yes 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 absolutely yeah. absolutely absolutely so thank you very very much uh, so how how can thank people you. connect with you uh, linkedin or, or uh, Yeah, well, you should know the answer to that. You've been trying to get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I have. I know the answer, but for people that are listening, so so I don't want everybody to come to me. If you come to me, you'll pay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's one one place where I'm a little bit active. Mm. Um, my okay. brand, my brand is also active on Instagram. But Pictros Insurance Brokers, as an organization, of course, we have our website www.pictros.com. All right. Then you, you can you can reach. Once it's insurance related, you can reach out to me easily. 
And okay. of course, on the LinkedIn is a very, very good place to reach. I mean, you can easily reach me, yeah. All right. Especially people that might want to contribute to, you know, um, fighting rape as well. Oh, you know, yes. Just and other forms, yes. And other forms of social mm. violence. Yeah. Um, You'll be you'll be shocked, really, at what some people are going through, and you know, covering up. Yeah. Uh, not because not because they feel like covering it up, but because they don't know the social recourse that they have mm. to get mm. redress. Mm. You know, mm. and it's important it's important for people to realize that you know um, some things that happen to some people, the victims are the ones that are supposed to be sympathized with. Yeah, you know, they are the ones are supposed to be sympathized with. Even child abuse, even child abuse, you know, and when when any something happens to a child, the child's mind is mad. Yeah, is mad for um for a long time, and it will take a lot of counseling divine intervention prayers to get that child's mind skewed back properly, you know, and it affects people's marriages, but they don't know that that is what has affected them by virtue of the fact that probably whatever sort of child abuse took place, took place maybe when they were 10 years old, 11, you know, young age. So I think that our government, we're going to continue to encourage them they shouldn't. They shouldn't uh, give up. They should put, you know, all hands on deck to ensure that you know people turn out well. Mm. When you have someone who is very sane, person will be able to apply himself or herself to their work mm. and will not be looking for other victims. Many people that have been victimized, if they are not straightened out, they themselves will victimize another person, mm. and it now becomes a catch to two situation. Mm. So, you know, our psychologists, our medical people will continue to thank them for the work that they have done so far. Our government will continue to thank them for the work that they have done so far. And will also continue to encourage them, you know, that they are going in the right direction by, you know, discouraging any form of abuse. Right, right. Uh, so, um, before before we let you go, I, I mean, I just push to... Uh, so what about pillar? So for people that are listening, for female uh, professionals in the industry who are not yet part of of, of pillar and would want to be a part of of pillar, or, you know, and maybe even people from other industries or even outside of the country who want to reach out to pillar, maybe in partnership or, or whatever, you know, how can 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 they reach out to pillar? And also, you know, looking at the fact that yes, you're working with the the government, in, at least in Lagos State, uh, as regards. Um, rape and other types of violence against women uh, you know I, I i mean i don't have figures or, or instances of some of these things happening in the insurance industry but maybe it's happening and maybe some people out there who is someone who is listening might want to reach out you know for some support or help you know to for pillar so how can yeah. they reach out yeah first of all we have our website secondly we have um where like a sub a subsidiary, so to speak, of the Chartered Insurance Institute, you can always reach out, you can always write. And even if it's in, in terms of confidentiality, you can always reach out to any of the officers, any of the ex officers. We have our website, we have 
you know our email addresses which you can can google us and you can reach out to us very very easy all right very so, easy. yeah that's yeah. great so yeah. thank you very much Ma. thank you very much thank we you. really appreciate it thank you Hello and welcome to the news update on this episode of InsurTech Business Series. My name is Opolua. Reps begin probe of alleged 180.9 million naira insurance breach. The House of Representatives Committee on Insurance and Actuarial on Tuesday commenced an investigation into the 180.9 million naira insurance premium allegedly paid for the failed Satellite One project, which was launched in 2011, as well as Satellite One R, for which Nigeria obtained $500 million Chinese loans. The committee at the hearing, presided by the chairman, Darlington Uwokocha, ruled the managing directors of Fasa Hal Insurance and ANG, engaged by the management of Nick Comsat, over alleged irregularities surrounding the unilateral appointment of the insurance brokers without due process. AXA Mansard holds their annual general meeting, virtually meeting capital requirements from NICOM one year in advance. AXA Mansard Insurance PLC held their annual general meeting by proxy on Wednesday, July 29, 2020 at Lagos Oriental Hotel, Victoria Islands, Lagos, and had only 20 people physically present in accordance with the COVID-19 guidelines and was live-streamed to other shareholders, regulators, and stakeholders. The insurer in the financial year ended 31st of December 2019 and recorded a profit after tax growth of 17%, while the shareholders fund for the group grew by 21%. WAPIC Insurance changes name to Coronation Insurance PLC and plans to be one of the top three insurers by 2023. The shareholders of WAPIC Insurance PLC have given the board of the insurer a go-ahead to change the company's name to Coronation Insurance PLC during its annual general meeting. The change, according to the company's chairman, Mutiu Sumonu, is to enable the firm achieve set goals. Speaking of the company's 2019 performance, the MD stroke CEO Adeyinka Adekoya mentioned that even though they were only able to make marginal growth in gross written premium, the gains of the necessary expenses made will be seen as the strategic goal of the company is to be one of the top three life and non-life insurers in Nigeria by 2023. And that will be all for today's episode of the news segment. I remain Opeoloa. Please do stay tuned. Thank you. Okay, welcome back. I'm sure that you enjoyed that conversation with Abimbola Nokomaya. Uh, it was quite interesting for me because uh, she spoke a bit about how they, she had to... Uh, transform her engagement with her customers you know digitally especially when the the pandemic just started and and the lockdown situation 
and being that she was able to make those transformation she was yes it 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 gave it brought about some demands for them in terms of their working hours and you know, money they spend on data but at the end of the day according to her it kept premiums uh, you know coming in so and they even made new businesses so it's quite interesting uh, how uh, profitable engaging technology can be and i mean it's obvious it's something that we have been having conversations around you know before now and it, this just tells you that if the fact that you are engaging technology substituting what you are you are you are doing before with technology and with technology doesn't mean that there will be reduction in in performance or or production so it's just all about uh, us embracing you know that change and using it very well so yeah mm-hmm. what, what do you think well for me what stood out was um, you know our discussions about pillar and also um their current project on you know on, um, yeah. rape so i know that rape has been like a major concern in our country um we've been having a lot of you know, series of events a lot of um, cry on social media about not to rape at some points you know there was a, a social media campaign um on rape so i i like the fact that they moved out of their comfort zone away from you know industry activities and they're taking it out now partnering with the minister of um, women affairs so it's actually one thing that stood out for me also the other one about pillar i like the fact that she spoke about um pillar bringing up you know for trite women so you're just not a mm. professional in the industry you are one with integrity you are a yeah. fortright person i like that they are able to create that ambience that atmosphere for professional women to come together mm. and share ideas um have conversations around you know their jobs have conversation about their career path which is good because now we are having women in the industry that are in leadership position so i think it's a good drive i've always you know um pondered on what the entire association was all about but i like the fact that she was able to shed more light on that bit then also the fact that she also spoke about digitization which like you rightly mentioned as in we cannot have too much of a digitized process we need to find ways to continue to reach out to our customers regardless now we're saying that they uplifted the ban but imagine if businesses were on hold for for those six months or yeah. should i say for a period of four to five months imagine how much income you would have you know lost to the pandemic no income generation because you don't have you don't have all of that so it's really important that um, you know they were able to digitize some of their processes so i i like all of those things that you mentioned it means that um we are getting to a point where our yeah. insurance brokers are also moving forward with the time so they are not just um sitting back and they they are you know left behind It's yeah yeah you know that's that's very very and and so we also want to mention that i mean you mentioned about their their works with uh, the ministry um of women affairs in lagos uh yes and uh, and they are they are 
work against uh, rape. Uh, so we are willing and, and very much in support of, of that uh, and we are in support yeah. of, of that campaign against uh, rape and even, I mean, abuse against women generally and children. Yes, so uh, women need to be respected a lot more and, yeah. and yeah. rape is, is, is a no-no. So uh, kudos to Pila on that one. Okay, so on that note, uh, I want to say thank you to Abimbola Nokomaya for coming on the program. It was an exciting one and thank you for gracing our 10th episode. It's, it's quite interesting and like you said, we'll definitely be engaging a lot more women uh, from this episode on and you don't want to miss the amazing women that we'll be bringing in. We have someone from Kenya who is coming on the, mm-hmm. in the program soon and uh, I'm sure that that will be an interesting conversation as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for your attention. And on this note, we'll see. Bye bye. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah.